All right, good morning, everyone. Today is Monday, January 25th, 2021. We got a fair amount of news to cover, so let's get right into it uh, all around the world, actually. So Alan Dershowitz, the famous lawyer known for defending um, Leona Hurst, Mike Tyson, all those guys, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, Donald Trump, he said that if the New York bar takes away Giuliani's license to practice law, he said it's unconstitutional and he calls it McCarthyism. Look, I'm not a lawyer, so I, <laughs> I don't want to jump into the whole legal aspect of all this. But on top of that, Giuliani's also being sued uh, by Dominion voting machines for making false claims of, of election voter fraud that Dominion is arguing did not happen. And so they're suing him for $1.3 billion, the same lawsuit they slapped on Sidney Powell. Now, it's hard to say what's going to come of that. And as it pertains to Alan Dershowitz comments, I mean, look. He's doing what he does, and he's doing what a lot of other people do. He's making controversial statements to get in the news, to, to remain relevant in some form or another, okay? It's as simple as that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, nor am I saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying right down the middle, that seems like that's what he's doing. Now, as it pertains to the, to the lawsuit, I think what's going to happen is, obviously, Giuliani doesn't have that kind of money. The guy is rich, from what I understand, quite wealthy, but he doesn't have that kind of money. Um, so I don't see him paying that money, nor do I see Dominion. Uh, you know what? Maybe I might. I was going to say I don't see them pushing back hard, but I mean, this is already a form of pushback. Uh, so... Uh, I would imagine that the case will be settled, as with many other things, and a massive, maybe a big fine will be paid relative to what Giuliani actually has in his, you know, his bank accounts or his overall net worth. Um, but again, I don't think it'll affect anything major. Giuliani is going to continue with his his podcast and, you know, his sponsors and all that stuff. But again, if Trump stopped paying him like the rumor was, then Trump was paying him 20 grand a day, 20 grand American dollars every single day. That's huge. You know what I mean? Like, that's... That that's well over a million bucks a year, well over. So, anyways, the next thing is that Governor Gavin Newsom is rumored to be lifting the stay-at-home order. This is the speculation. That's pure rumor right now. This is not confirmed. But if he does do this, that's quite hypocritical, contrarian to what he was saying just a week and a half before Biden got in, or sorry, just a week and a half ago, uh, or two weeks ago. If he does this, I don't want to get into big ifs or that. But you know, I I do fundament fundamentally, personally. I do fundamentally disagree with the California lockdown. From what I understand, it's still in a position in a state where literally you cannot go outside for more than half an hour to take a walk or you can't even take a walk. Allegedly. Now, one side of the argument is, well, you know, Dave, that's how bad the virus is. Look, I don't care if there's a me personally, and this might be a flawed perspective. So please take this with a grain of salt. But I don't care if there's um World War Z or I am legend zombies that are out there or an infection that is like that. Obviously, that's a, a stretch. That's I'm not saying that literally. But the point is, is that if you have a legal right to go and do what you like, that's why this line is hard to draw all around the world as to when the police should step in. Now, if you look at what's going on, for example, in Quebec, in Canada, you'll see that that's a bit of an excessive use of force. And in my opinion, and a lot of people, even in America, have been calling that a a sort of militaristic police uh, state sort of um, martial law kind of lockdown situation. So again, there are both sides of the argument to be made. Again, Cuomo tried to do certain things with COVID lockdowns, and then it got ruled by the Supreme Court. It got overturned. There's a lot of things 
that a lot of politicians are asking us, the people, to do that are actually against our rights. And that, that that's a fact. I mean, regardless of what side you're on, that's a fact. The question then becomes, how much of your rights are you willing to give up temporarily? Which, I, I mean, that is a fundamental um breach of the constitution entirely you should not have to give up your rights ever again your rights by definition are your rights they're not a privilege it's literally this is your right to do it this is not even a a rule or anything of the kind right so sorry if i butcher that for a bit but anyways let's move on west virginia is the leading state for the vaccine rollout now allegedly nine percent of west virginia's population has been vaccinated so far i mean look like i said before if some people want to take it, let them take it. So it might just so happen that a lot of people in West Virginia are, are do want to take it and they're happy to take it. The reason why, probably the, aside from the logistics aspect, the reason why the rollout is not going well in other states and in other countries around the world as well is because, oh, I don't know, maybe people don't want to take it, <laughs> right? And look, I, I again, I've spoken about this many times. I understand both sides. So I'm not here to say, you know, you don't have to or you should or this or that. Again, I'm very much against this whole thing of certain airlines saying, well, if you want to fly with us, you got to have your vaccine card to show you took the vaccine. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. That's just me personally. And there are arguments to that, but there are also arguments for that. So I do see both sides. The next thing is very simple. Facebook might let Trump back on pretty much. I think, I mean, and this is going to be a controversial statement for me to say, but I'm going to say it because if I don't, then who else will, right? I mean, I'm sure you guys will will, uh, comment on it, but... I think after what he after the whole insurrection and all that and you know everyone still the federal authorities are still sifting through what really occurred and things like that the real agendas of certain people probably because there were so many distorted loosely held together organizations um right it's been argued uh, Antifa BLM also uh, obviously mega people and and all that do I think <clears throat> excuse me do I think he should go he should be allowed back on the fact that they're thinking of letting him back on on certain platforms is is their decision and i'm not trying to dodge from that it's just it's very hard to say right now because it's a very sensitive and it's still a hot topic so to speak and not in a good way look i think free speech is free speech and i think that he should be allowed on if he says something that again um i'm not saying that this is what he did last time because it's very debatable with his words that were open for interpretation but and i'm being very careful with my words here but i think ultimately free speech is free speech and unless until he gets convicted or if he gets convicted with these articles of impeachment he should be let back on to publish to publicly say certain things now i don't know if he has some type of apparatus or system where if he really wanted to make a statement they could issue something sort of like you know from the former president's team has a and send it out to all the media outlets if he still has those connections to the media outlets or if even the media outlets the mainstream media ones have distanced themselves from him it it's tough to say at this point because it's still it's still fresh in Biden's administration. Things still need to calm down, right? And his impeachment trial is only just starting up, so we'll see what happens. The next thing is that it's been rumored through diplomatic back channel cables that, which is the the way that these countries talk secretly, allegedly, is that China and the U.S. are competing for the space race. Now, look, this is nothing new. We know the big countries are going to get involved in the space thing. The question just becomes, how much are they going to commercialize it? How much are they going to use literal false flag operations to justify doing certain things to profitize or to profit from certain things in space? And how much of it, again, this actually connects to our afternoon episodes, how much of it will these uh, extraterrestrials allow or not? Now, assuming you believe in extraterrestrials, if you don't, I respect that. And... Um, 
And if you think there's nothing out there, then at the end of the day, it should be easy peasy. But there, if there is something out there, then you can rest assured that humans are not the most powerful things out there. I can, I can guarantee you that. So the next thing is that Tom Brady is heading to his 10th Super Bowl. You know, I'm just going to give you my opinion. I'm not a fan of Brady. Uh, maybe some of you are. And I respect that. Um, it's more for fun games. I mean, I, I just kind of like to go against the grain with Brady and certain stuff like that. I'll be totally honest with you. Um, I, I do think he's a very talented quarterback. I would not put him as number one best of all time. I mean, the argument is, well, you look at his stats. The stats tell you everything. Well, if we look at stats, then we can also list a lot of other quarterbacks as well, right? So, again, that's very much up for debate. But, again, the argument is just like with anything else in any other sport, maybe it, not be how many t- it might not be how many times you won it in your perspective or won the championship or the title or whatever. It, it could be how they did it, the way in which they did it. But then there's other people that say, no, you just have to strictly look at the numbers, the amount of times that it's been done. You know, if they won four or five Super Bowls, okay, forget it. They're the best, right? So it's it's all up for interpretation, and that's the big sport debate as well. The next thing is that this is interesting now. The Washington Post is having trouble adjusting to the post-Trump era, according to Business Insider. Oh, so now that the golden goose is gone, as he as Trump called it when he referred to Fox News uh, forgetting about their, quote, golden goose. Now the Washington Post is having this trouble as well. Interesting, because, again, whether you like him or not, the Washington Post or whether you like Trump or not, they spent an awful lot of time attacking him. I can tell you right now, there's a lot of good things he did that the Post sort of covered that was like, ah, this is good. But look at this. It's bad. Look at this headline. It's bad. Right. And so, look. There's two sides to every story. Well, sorry, three sides, I guess we could say. One side, the other side, and the truth. Ultimately, the Washington Post has been very biased against uh, Mr. Trump. Whether or not you like Trump or like the Post, when you take a big step back and look at it, it's pretty obvious. I mean, even though a lot of things Trump has done have been very bad and have also been argued in other things to be very good. Again, I know the, it was a very unorthodox president. He was very, you know, he spoke his mind and things like that and did not use a politician's filter and, and that whole thing. Uh, I respected that aspect of it. I have to say he kind because he was able to relate to the people on a real level as if, you know, he was literally talking to them as if they were in the room. But ultimately, it comes down to can the Washington Post adjust and get the same amount of clicks and things like that now that Biden's in there. So as I said a few days ago, it's been estimated. And I mean, it's it, I mean, we can use common sense. We don't need a poll to figure this out that all of the news stations, whether it's radio, TV, websites, the clicks, the views, the listens are going to drop. Guaranteed they're going to drop because the whole thing with Trump is gone. I mean, two years ago, I mean, first off, 2016 and 17, he won and it was his first year. Everyone wanted to see how he did, right? 2018 was his impeachment trial, his first one. So everyone was talking about that. 2019 was preparing for the election. So there was always something, right? Now that there's nothing and they're still, if you notice, they're still using his name which to try to get headlines and clicks and it's working. I'll give you an example. We look at YouTube channels. I won't mention any specific names. Ones that cater to the left. Ones that cater to the right. Ones that go right down the center. All of them, regardless of which perspective, are still using Trump's name. Whether you like Trump or not, guess what? The guy knows how to market. And he did. And he marketed himself so well that even though he's done being president, I mean, okay, fine, we can argue it's only been like a week and a half, so you could still talk about him. The question then becomes, though, when do we stop talking about him? 
right? Now, the thing is, too, is that they're saying, well, this is only the beginning of the Trump gossip because now we're going to find out all the things he did that were private over the years will be declassified or what have you. But again, we got to wait and see. So and if the Washington Post is having trouble adjusting, I mean, sucks for them. Right. That's what happens when and I'm not trying to hate on the Washington Post it, from a completely neutral, unbiased standpoint. That's what happens when you take a certain direction and you lean a certain way. And that applies to the right as well. It's the same thing. The same principle. Just because it applies on one side doesn't mean it doesn't apply to the other. Right. The next thing is that Turkey and Saudi Arabia are looking to improve ties after the Gulf crisis ends. Look, peace talk is always good. I don't know the specifics of the Gulf issue and the deal and all that. Peace talks are always very good. So at the end of the day, anything for peace, I'm all for, unless it is a manipulative tool that is being used for some bigger play that is ultimately for something violent or negative, then then we have to see. It's more of a philosophical question. How big is the is is the is the chess move are we looking at here, you know? Is there do certain negative events need to occur in order for positive ones to to come out on top in the big picture of things? And then how much of a negative event should that be allowed if that negative event is impactful on the people? So again, it's it's not black and white, as you guys know, I'm sure. The next thing is that the UK is rumored to become, well, rumored. There's a lot of uh, politicians in the UK that are against the Brexit deal, as well as the former prime minister who is saying that the UK is going to become a failed state because although Brexit was finally completed, leaving the, the, the European Union, the issue now is the trading negotiations and all that because the EU took care of all that in the sense of, you know, all the different countries, they chipped in and they contributed, not just to trade, but with everything. And now that the UK has to do it on their own, which again, there was a referendum, the people voted for it. I mean, there was a, there's a debate that this was like sort of a, a, a an older people surge and that the younger people didn't vote because they didn't really think it was going to happen. And the younger people came out and voted and then it was ultimately, ultimately a mistake. I'm not in the UK. I have a lot of friends there and family tell me that, you know, it's very divided in terms of the Brexit thing. So it's hard to say, but ultimately... If we can't deny the facts that there's trading issues and stuff like that, the whole thing is that Boris Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, has been saying, well, give us time, we'll resolve these issues. But time is not on anybody's side, not to mention what's going on with COVID, but that's something else entirely. In general, you want to have your country at tip-top shape after leaving the European Union, you better be on top of your game. You better make sure trade is good. You better make sure everything's good. And I know that's easier said than done. I'm not a politician. I don't run a country. I run a show, so I'm not here to pretend like I, I, I should tell them what to do, but you get the angles I'm trying to get at here. The next thing is that India and China had a minor face-off at another part of the Sikkim border. Hopefully I didn't butcher uh, that, that name, Sikkim, S-I-K-K-I-M. It was a minor face-off. I don't know if there were any deaths. Didn't seem like there were. Again, things uh, tension seemed to have calmed down. Ultimately, look, there's always been disputes about that. I mean, Asia's a big continent. You know, uh, India's a big place as well. Uh, that's always been a bit of a dispute. And again, earlier this uh, last year, excuse me, I believe it was summertime when India and uh, China were fighting at the border, I believe it was. Um, and it resulted in some soldiers dying and things like this. Who knows if it's part of a bigger political play to provoke them or something like that, to provoke either side, either side. Uh, Prime Minister Modi and President Xi are both known to be generally very ruthless when they need to be. There's a lot of people that support them, but there's also a lot of people that don't. So it's very, very hard to say. Um, in terms of who's who's playing chess with who and who's winning currently, the power play always fluctuates. It's never like, you know, China's going to hold dominance over India forever or vice versa. India's going to forever be dominant against China. Like with anything in life, it's a cycle. It's a power play. It's repetition, 
right? The next thing is that lawmakers are receiving death threats ahead of Trump's impeachment trial. Um, I mean, the, the lawmakers at the lower level that put together the literal pieces of paper of legislation are receiving death threats. This is going to come regardless. Now, yes, is there an abnormal amount? Absolutely. And I'm not encouraging death threats at all. That is a terrible thing. Anyone who gets death threats, like, man, you better, like, to the people that send the death threats, don't you have something better to do with your freaking day? Like, what the hell's wrong with you? You're sending death threats to people that might already have mental health issues. And if they don't, you're not contributing. It's just a bunch of nonsense. Like, I don't care if you're on the right or the left. What the hell's with these freaking death threats? It, they're ridiculous. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, these people make these death threats, and then when they get arrested, they don't understand why. Then they, uh, then they don't understand why they don't get bail. Or they don't, you know what I mean? Like, it's, to me, guys, violence, no, tr terrible, no. Like, nothing, nada. Don't care if you're on the right, far right, left, far left, bang down in the center, center, middle. No, violence, no, 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 no. The next thing is that, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is announced she's running for governor of Arkansas. Now, this was rumored to be the case back on Saturday, a couple days ago. This was speculation that the announcement was going to be made today and the announcement's been made. I didn't watch it, but we'll see what happens. I mean, look, ultimately, she was the press secretary for Trump. Um, some people say it made her look very good. Other people say it made her look very bad. Arkansas seems to be an appropriate state for her to run in because I think she'll subscribe to a lot of the ideologies there. And I'm not saying that as an insult. That could be a very good thing in many ways. I mean, look, Bill Clinton was the governor of Arkansas. Okay, fine. Many, many years ago. Yes, things have changed since then. I get that. But ultimately, you want to run in a place where your ideologies tend to align with the people there. And that's not a bad thing. Because ultimately, whether others from other states or other people from around the world think that's a bad thing, that's not their problem. They can give their opinion, but that's not their problem. Just like I do on the morning shows. Every so often, I'll chime in with my opinion, but I'll make sure you guys know it's my opinion. But ultimately, it's just that, my opinion. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, if there's disagreements, you don't know what it's like unless you're actually there. So maybe the people will vote for her. Who knows, right? And I'm not saying that because I like her. I'm not saying that because I dislike her. I'm just trying to play it down the middle and uh, we'll see what happens. Or maybe she might drop out or maybe she might uh, not be good enough in, in the polls. But we'll see. Again, a lot of people have been saying that Trump's administration was going to be used. Uh, people who worked in his, uh, you know, the, the higher levels of his team um, were going to use it to run for office or do something later on, become an anchor for a conservative t uh, show or something like this. Right. Um maybe become part of Trump's what they're rumored to have called a Patriot Party or Trump's TV show. Who knows? The next thing is that Madison Cawthorn, a staunchly right politician, uh, on, admitted on CNN that there was no election fraud. This is the gentleman who I believe was the same representative who said that one of his bucket list wishes was to visit Hitler's vacation home. Um, take that as you will. It's not for me to tell you guys what to think of that, honestly. But he, he admitted on CNN, it, look, they dan it, it's like anything else in politics. Everyone's been complaining, oh, look, you know, like, why won't they, before the election, or sorry, after the election, uh, before the inauguration of Joe Biden, why won't the Republicans admit that Trump lost and this and that? It's politics, guys. They're always going to dance around the question. It's just this time you're putting more emphasis on Trump's team or Trump's side than the other side. They always dance around the question. This is nothing new since the beginning of modern politics or even traditional politics they always dance around the question this is excuse me this is nothing new this is just human beings being human beings like whether emperors used to not answer questions back in the you know ancient times when they were asked about um you know if they murdered somebody or had someone killed and they dodged the question it's the same thing it's human beings being human beings and it's terrible but it's the same thing 
The next thing is that SpaceX launched 143 satellites on behalf of, I think, a bunch of different commercial commercial companies in addition to SpaceX's own. And a lot of people, a lot of companies were relying on this, and it was a success. He's had a string. Elon Musk has had a string of successes lately. It's been fantastic. Um, good for him. Good on him. I really hope that he's given more access to the black budget projects because that will really help speed things up. Unless he already has been given, you know, drop fed some information. I don't think that SpaceX is accidentally, you know, so close with NASA as the first commercial company. This could be overall part of a plan. It just so happened that Elon Musk and SpaceX was that person and company to do it, right? The next thing and final thing is that Charles Koch, one of the Koch brothers, is quietly backing a group behind a Supreme Court case that is still being decided that is trying to get charitable donations to remain secret. Now, look, I don't know the specificities of charitable donations. I don't know how secret they remain. I know that I, from what I understand, at least in American politics, the way it works is that if someone donates big or small to a campaign, literally, no matter how small or how big the donation, the donations are not disclosed until the next financial quarter, um, uh, not tax filings, next financial quarter uh, revealings or, or PAC revealings, uh, PAC standing for political action committee. I mean, look, it's it's PAC money. It's dark money, as they call it, which I think they call it that because you don't find out where it came from until, you know, three months later, the next financial quarter. Right. It's it, it, look, this is just the corporate guys trying to keep things more and more secret so they could donate more and more money. And regardless of what side you're on, the left or the right, generally speaking, unless you're paid off by a lobbyist or a corporate donor. You're going to agree that you don't want this stuff being more secretive than it already is. Because, again, the, the rich already, the elite already have a fantastic double standard of being able to hide their money. And I'm not talking like if you got 5, 10, even 20 million in the bank. I mean, that works for them, too. I'm talking the guys worth, you know, 100 million or more. Or even the guys in the billionaire class. Like, that's when they can pull the strings to hide their money. Anyways. So thank you guys so much for watching. we got a great episode coming up this afternoon. And we will catch you guys later. Thank you again. Cheers.